We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. Hillary Clinton is about to deliver her concession speech. These are her first public remarks since she conceded the presidential race to Donald Trump in the wee hours of the morning. ABC's Brad Milkey is standing by live at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, where Brad Clinton's motorcade just pulled up. That's right, and Clinton is on site with Bill Clinton. Tim Kaine is also here. Uh, among Clinton's, uh, uh, all of her top advisors and staff are also in the building. There's uh, red, white, and blue flags adorning the room where she will give these public remarks. Remember, she privately phoned Donald Trump last night in the wee hours of the morning to concede this race. She chose not to make any public remarks to her supporters. This will be that chance that she lost so many hours ago. And the Clinton campaign obviously wasn't expecting they would have to do this. They threw this event together. People are crowding the streets. It is sort of a traffic mess out here. Uh, as we have Hillary Clinton uh, about to uh, sort of start this transition of power. And uh, Brad, you mentioned the Clinton campaign did not anticipate this. They were popping champagne after their last campaign event. After their last campaign event in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, a uh, three-in-the-morning flight back to Westchester, they cracked open the champagne. Aaron, they were doing a viral video stunt. That is how confident and how calm they felt. And last night at the Jacob Javits Center, you could feel the energy as you walked in. They thought they were about to give uh, an ex- a, a, a victory speech. But a couple hours into that night, Aaron, as we all saw, the tide started turning and everyone in that room emerged shell-shocked. Tears were coming down people's faces. I'm not talking about just supporters. I'm talking about staffers. ABC's Brad Milkey at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, where Hillary Clinton has arrived to deliver what will be her concession speech. Even though she may well have won the popular vote, ABC's Karen Travers is here. They're still counting in a couple of places, Karen, but it may be uh, for, what, the fourth time in American history uh, a candidate wins the popular vote but loses the Electoral College. And that, Aaron, says a lot about the mandate that Donald Trump does or does not have. If Hillary Clinton keeps this very narrow lead right now, just a couple uh, thousand votes at this point, but we'll see how that goes as the final votes come in over the next couple of days, Donald Trump losing the popular vote, winning the Electoral College, but he has the House and Senate in Republican control. So Washington fully under Republican control. They do feel then that they have the mandate to start pushing legislation, to do all the things that uh, Donald Trump said on the campaign trail that he would reverse of President Obama, starting with the Affordable Care Act, then going into immigration, and of course, building that wall that he talks about. That'll put President Obama in an interesting position when he addresses the nation a bit later on today, about an hour or so from now. ABC's Megan Hughes standing by live at the White House. Megan. Aaron, President Obama obviously did not get the outcome that he was fighting so hard for on the campaign trail. But he is now looking ahead to that January transition. He wants to set the tone for a gracious transfer of power. Uh, I am hearing some applause. Uh, it sounds like Hillary Clinton may be, uh, may be getting close. I do think the president will not be stepping on her toes. We'll probably hear from the president after she wraps up.
Members of Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign staff, including Chairman John Podesta, just entered the room at the New Yorker Hotel, where Hillary Clinton will not be far behind. It was Podesta who came out to supporters at the campaign rally uh, in the uh, early part of the morning to say, let's do some counting, let's let every vote be counted, and then Hillary Clinton would have more to say. He said she is not done yet, but it was about a half an hour later, Karen, when uh, Hillary Clinton ended up calling Donald Trump to concede, the Wisconsin vote had come in and been projected by by us and others, and, and that seemed to seal the deal. And it just seems fitting that after an election season that was so unpredictable at every turn that the tradition of the loser conceding and giving a speech, thanking their supporters, conceding gracefully and talking about moving forward and working together with the person who won, that didn't happen last night. Donald Trump as the winner would have gotten the last word, but last night he got the only word. So pretty remarkable. And you have to wonder how that message was received by the millions of people that voted for Hillary Clinton and, and wanting some finality and closing the loop last night. And now here it is the morning after she's giving that speech. Presidential dreams die hard, and she's been running for president for almost a decade. Certainly officially for 500 days this go-round, but yes, since February of 2007, that was when she announced her campaign in that video, and obviously heading to the State Department in between for President Obama as secretary, but this is somebody who has been on the national stage for decades, and from that first inkling that she might be running for the New York Senate back in the late 90s, it was clear Hillary Clinton wanted to chart her own path not just as first lady of the white uh, first lady of the United States and the first lady of Arkansas. She famously went on a listening tour all around New York State when she successfully won her Senate seat, kept it for a second term, uh, and then launched a, a presidential career that was derailed by Barack Obama and again now by Donald Trump. And she is set to give her concession speech one more time on the national stage for Hillary Clinton, but not the speech that she wanted to give. We have just received word that Hillary Clinton is going to be declared the winner in Minnesota, and so she adds to her popular vote count. Uh, but in the end, Karen, the turnout just wasn't there for her, and, and this last-minute surge that President Obama tried to encourage among African-American voters, a surge that had been anticipated among Latino voters, did not materialize. It didn't, and if you look at four critical states, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Florida, and North Carolina, and if you drill down in the numbers of how did Trump win, it's a really mixed picture. Well, he won in rural areas, but some places he didn't. He overperformed Romney among lower-income voters, but some places he didn't. But one constant across those four states that really decided the election was lower Democratic turnout. That's remarkable. And that is the difference. Wisconsin, 37 percent four years ago, 35 percent. It's only two points. That's a lot of votes. And this is, remember, Hillary Clinton has the lead in the popular vote count, but losing those states by two percent decrease in Democratic turnout, that's the election right there. The music has just faded at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, where Hillary Clinton will be giving her concession speech, introduced by her running mate Tim Kaine. ABC's Brad Milkey is standing by there live. Brad, she was never able to get the kind of support behind her that, say, a Bernie Sanders generated, and that seems to have hurt her in the end with turnout. Well, that's right. It's difficult to say how Donald Trump managed to pull off several of these states because in some some states he did well in rural areas, other states he did well with men, other states he did well with women. But what was consistent across several of these states was lower than expected Democratic turnout 
Right now, uh, Hillary Clinton walking and she uh, and her staffers coming in. These names you've grown to know over the last year and a half. John Podesta, uh, Robbie Mook, Jen Paul Mary is here. Like you said, Tim Kaine will introduce her. Also there in the room, uh, Aaron, is Ken Salazar, the head of Clinton's transition team, a team that she no longer needs. In fact, it's Chris Christie heading up the transition into the White House for Donald Trump, the governor of New Jersey, who is leaving office uh, with a, a deep uh, popularity rating just plummeted lately down toward 20 percent or so uh, after the Bridgegate affair. Uh, he voted under the cover of darkness. Christie did. Uh, Trump did not carry New Jersey, but it's Chris Christie going to be tasked with transitioning Donald Trump into office. And, and uh, Karen, that process starts immediately with uh, picking uh, cabinet members and, and filling out a government that Donald Trump has, in some ways, run away from. You know, Aaron, it was interesting to note that even before the votes started being counted on election day the process for inauguration day was beginning in washington you started seeing the early stages of preps because that is a two plus month process to get pennsylvania avenue and the capitol ready for the swearing in of the next president and now the focus in washington of course will be on the transition and who do you pick as these top cabinet posts but i think you made a good point of it's not just those positions it's filling the government and one thing we're going to be keeping a close eye on is the elected officials the republican workers you know in washington who said that they would never support donald trump are they going to work for a trump administration will they come off the sidelines and accept positions because donald trump won this election by trashing washington especially it wasn't just democrats it was republicans too and now he's going to arrive in the nation's capital and have to ask people to go to bat for him and to work for him because he's made a lot of promises to his voters and to the american people and day one he's got to get to work to try and make those happen we've seen the obligatory statements of congratulations to the president-elect some mentioning trump by name others not from republicans from democrats Former President George H.W. Bush called Trump. Uh, Bush was defeated, and he knew how painful a, a moment this was going to be for him and for many Republicans who, in, in some cases we had heard, just left the line blank in their ballot. Contrast that to Monday night in Philadelphia, where Hillary Clinton is with the current Democratic president, the last Democratic president, her husband. And then a couple hours later, we find out that George W. Bush left it blank at the presidential level and voted Republican the rest of the ballot. And we knew that George H.W. Bush also not supporting Donald Trump. So just a really remarkable difference there between the Democrats and Republicans. But now, as you say, those statements are coming out now of for the good of the country, for democracy, we all have to work together and get behind our president-elect. Karen Travers is here with us as we await the concession speech from Hillary Clinton at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, she walked in with her hand over her heart. ABC's Brad Milkey is there and with us live. This has got to be a painful moment for her as she realizes that her career is over. That's right. The, the biggest loss of her career. We talked about Jeb Bush as sort of uh, this fall from grace in the primaries. This came much faster, and it was a fall that was much farther for Hillary Clinton. A complete 180 from where she thought she would be. She didn't just think she'd be uh, becoming the 45th president. She thought she would be the first woman ever elected president in the United States. And there is just a continued sense of shock inside the room. Remember that staffers were working throughout the night of that long night at the Jacob Javits Center. Hillary Clinton never even came by. 
uh, instead it was uh, the campaign chair, John Podesta, who came by and told the crowd, gave the crowd a little bit of hope, saying, let's bring this home. Those were his final words. Just a few minutes later, that crowd found out that indeed Hillary Clinton had called Donald Trump in private and wished him luck. ABC's Brad Milkey outside the New Yorker Hotel, where Hillary Clinton has arrived to give her concession speech. A short time from now, we expect President Obama to make remarks. ABC's Megan Hughes is standing by live at the White House. What's he going to say, Megan? Well, Aaron, we've just learned it's become a, a broader event. Uh, the, the entire press pool is now invited to this event. Vice President Joe Biden will be there. It is now being held in the Rose Garden. Um, so the president obviously today is going to be sending, um, he's going to be tasked with, with, a, with a tough, he has a tall order ahead of him. Um, trying to make this transfer of power that's ahead in January, this January transition, as gracious as possible. He's also going to be talking about the country coming together. He, you can expect words of reassurance to the Ameri uh, American public and voters that did not support Trump, those voters that he was going out and reaching out to. Also, I, I think there are a lot of questions that he has to answer about the state of the Democratic Party. And I, I, I believe that President Obama is certainly... Um, facing a challenge today as he's as he's making these remarks. ABC's Megan Hughes at the White House, where President Obama will undoubtedly wait for Hillary Clinton to finish her concession speech that she was due to to make uh, already. Uh, they started gathering in the room at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan uh, about an hour or so ago. She is there. She arrived with her hand over her heart with uh, former President Clinton, who said, we love you, to the crowd assembled outside, and we're just waiting for her to take the stage. Uh, behind her, a row of American flags, the, the red-carpeted stage, where she'll be introduced by Tim Kaine, her running mate. And, uh, Karen, Megan raises an interesting point about, we've talked about the state of the Republican Party under Donald Trump, but now what of the Democrats? Who is the leader of the Democratic Party? That is a good question. I mean, officially, you still have Nancy Pelosi as the minority leader. More members of the campaign and uh, the, the trusted inner circle of Hillary Clinton just walked into the room, including Huma Abedin, who became something of a lightning rod, one of her closest advisors caught up in the controversy over Hillary Clinton's private email server. Abedin has now stood up in the front row, uh, turned to applaud Clinton's supporters who are gathered in the room at the New Yorker Hotel. Let's pick up with ABC's Brad Milkey, who's there, Brad. And Aaron, in the room, really anyone who's been part of this Clinton orbit throughout the years, there's people from the Clinton Foundation, there's donors, there are uh, people who have worked uh, with uh, Clinton sort of ally group, correct the record. I mean, anyone who has been a part of this Clinton campaign or even allied with it in any way, shape or form is there just sort of paying homage in this huge moment that we never, never could have expected just 24 hours ago. ABC's Brad Milkey at the New Yorker Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, where Tim Kaine, Hillary Clinton's running mate, has just taken the stage with his wife, Ann Holton, set to introduce Clinton. My wife, Ann, and I are so proud of Hillary Clinton. I'm proud of Hillary Clinton because she has been and is a great history maker in everything she has done as a civil rights lawyer and first lady of Arkansas and first lady of this country and senator and secretary of state. She has made history history in a nation, in a nation that is good at so many things, but that has made it uniquely difficult 
for a woman to be elected to federal office. She became the first major party nominee as a woman to be president and last night won the popular vote of Americans. To be That is an amazing accomplishment. It is an amazing accomplishment. I'm proud of Hillary Clinton because, in the words of Langston Hughes, she's held fast to dreams. She was inspired at a young age to uh, an epiphany that if families and children do well, that's the best barometer for whether a society does well. And in everything she's done, she's focused on that. She, We know she would have made history as a president in one sense, but we never have had a president who's made their whole career about the empowerment of families and children. And I was as excited about that in the Oval Office as I was excited to have my friend Hillary there and make history as the first woman president. I'm excited and proud of Hillary because she has built such a wonderful team. There is a... There... There's a, a, a beautiful and kind of comical parable in the New Testament about a vineyard owner who hires people to work and says, and I'm going to pay you this for a full day. Then he hires people at noon, and I'm going to pay you the same thing for the half day. Then he hires people one hour before, I'm going to pay you the same. And those who started early in the day said, hold on, you know, we, we, we don't like this, that you're treating everybody who came late just as well as you're treating us. I'm going to tell you something. Here's what I've come to know so well about Hillary, the team that she has assembled over the years of people that are so deeply loyal to her because she's so deeply loyal to them is inspiring. But I've seen that same degree of loyalty and compassion and sensitivity extended to the most recent folks who have joined the team, the, the folks who came to the vineyard with just one hour to go. Her loyalty and compassion of Hillary and Bill to people, if, if you're with you, you're with you, and th that is just something so remarkable. And finally, I'm proud of Hillary because she loves this country. No, no, nobody, 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 nobody had to wonder about Hillary Clinton whether she would accept an outcome of an election in our beautiful democracy. Nobody had to ask that question. Nobody had to doubt it. She knows our country for what it is. She knows the system that we have and in its warts and blemishes. She's deeply in love with it and accepts it. She's been in battles before where if it didn't go her way, she accepted it, but then woke up the next day and battled again for the dreams that she's held fast to. And that love of country is something that I think is is obvious to everybody, obvious to everyone. I, I want to thank, thank Hillary Clinton for asking Ann and I to join this wild ride. We um, About a week before, she asked if I would be a running mate. Ann and I went up to Westchester and we sat down with Hillary and Bill and with Chelsea and Mark and with Charlotte and Aiden for about three hours of conversation to try to determine whether we would be the right people to be on the ticket. And when we got in the car to head back to the airport after the three-hour discussion, I said to Ann, honey, I don't know whether we're going to be on this ticket or not, but I do know this. We're going to remember that three hours for the rest, for the rest of our life. And now we've 
will remember 105 days that we've had with this fantastic couple of public servants and all of you for the rest of our life. I'll just say this. Hillary and I know well the wisdom and the words of uh, William Faulkner. He said, they killed us, but they ain't whooped us yet. Um, they killed us. They killed us. But they ain't whooped us yet. Because, because, because we know. We know that the work remains. We know that the dreams of empowering families and children remain. And in that work, that important work that we have to do as a nation, it is so comforting, even at a tough time, to know that Hillary Clinton is somebody until her very last breath is going to be battling for the values that make this nation great and the values that we care so deeply about. So now, please join me in welcoming Secretary Hillary Rodney. Live from New York, Tim Kaine, the man who would have been vice president in a Clinton administration, introducing Hillary Clinton, who steps onto the national stage for what may be the final time with daughter Chelsea and husband Bill, son-in-law Mark, embracing Tim Kaine and Ann Holton, waving to supporters who have gathered in a ballroom. They wanted to see her give a much different speech. Thank you. Hillary Clinton's career has come to an end. She did not address her supporters immediately after conceding to Donald Trump, preferring to wait. A smile on her face, but this has to be hard. You're listening to live Thank coverage from much. ABC News. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Howdy group. Thank you, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for being here. And I love you all, too. Um, last night, I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with him on behalf of our country. I hope that he will be a successful president for all Americans. This is not the outcome we wanted or we worked so hard for, and I'm sorry that we did not win this election for the values we share and the vision we hold for our country. But I feel, I feel pride and gratitude for this wonderful campaign that we built together, this vast, diverse, creative, unruly, energized campaign. You represent the best of America, and being your candidate has been one of the greatest honors of my life. I, I know how disappointed you feel because I feel it too. And so do tens of millions of Americans who invested their hopes and dreams in this effort. This is painful, and it will be for a long time. But I want you to remember this. Our campaign was never about one person or even one election. It was about the country we love and about building an America 
that's hopeful, inclusive, and big-hearted. We have seen that our nation is more deeply divided than we thought. But I still believe in America, and I always will. And if you do, then we must accept this result and then look to the future. Donald Trump is going to be our president. We owe him an open mind and the chance to lead. Our constitutional democracy enshrines the peaceful transfer of power. And we don't just respect that, we cherish it. It also enshrines other things, the rule of law, the principle that we are all equal in rights and dignity, freedom of worship and expression. We respect and cherish these values too, and we must defend them. And, and let me add, our constitutional democracy demands our participation, not just every four years, but all the time. So let's do all we can to keep advancing the causes and values we all hold dear. Making our economy work for everyone, not just those at the top. Protecting our country and protecting our planet. And breaking down all the barriers that hold any American back from achieving their dreams. We've spent a year and a half bringing together millions of people from every corner of our country to say with one voice that we believe that the American dream is big enough for everyone, for people of all races and religions, for men and women, for immigrants, for LGBT people, and people with disabilities, for everyone. So now, our responsibility as citizens is to keep doing our part to build that better, stronger, fairer America we seek. And I know you will. I am so grateful to stand with all of you. I want to thank Tim Kaine and Ann Holton for being our partners on this journey. It has been a joy getting to know them better, and it gives me great hope and comfort to know that Tim will remain on the front lines of our democracy representing Virginia in the Senate. <laughs> to Barack and Michelle Obama, our country owes you an enormous debt of gratitude. A standing ovation as Hillary Clinton says the country owes President Obama a debt of gratitude. She continues. Determined leadership that has meant so much to so many Americans and people across the world. And to Bill and Chelsea, 
Mark, Charlotte, Aiden, our brothers and our entire family. My love for you means more than I can ever express. You crisscrossed this country on our behalf and lifted me up when I needed it most, even four-month-old Aiden, who traveled with his mom. I will always be grateful to the creative, talented, dedicated men and women at our headquarters in Brooklyn and across our country. You poured your hearts into this campaign. For some of you who are veterans, it was a campaign after you had done other campaigns. Some of you, it was your first campaign. I want each of you to know that you were the best campaign anybody could have ever expected or wanted. And to the millions of volunteers, community leaders, activists, and union organizers who knocked on doors, talked to neighbors, posted on Facebook, even in secret private Facebook <laughs> sites. I want everybody coming out from behind that and make sure your voices are heard going forward. everyone who sent in contributions as small as $5 and kept us going, thank you. Thank you from all of us. And to the young people in particular, I hope you will hear this. I have, as Tim said, spent my entire adult life fighting for what I believe in. I've had successes and I've had setbacks, sometimes really painful ones. Many of you are at the beginning of your professional, public, and political careers. You will have successes and setbacks, too. This loss hurts, but please never stop believing that fighting for what's right is worth it. up these fights now and for the rest of your lives. And to all the women, and especially the young women, who put their faith in this campaign and in me, I want you to know that nothing has made me prouder than to be your champion. I know, 
I know we have still not shattered that highest and hardest glass ceiling, but someday someone will, and hopefully sooner than we might think right now. And to all the little girls who are watching this, never doubt that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and achieve your own dreams. <laughs> Finally. Finally, I am so grateful for our country and for all it has given to me. I count my blessings every single day that I am an American. And I still believe, as deeply as I ever have, that if we stand together and work together with respect for our differences, strength in our convictions, and love for this nation, our best days are still ahead of us. Because, you know, you know, I believe we are stronger together and we will go forward together. And you should never, ever regret fighting for that. You know, Scripture tells us let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So my friends, let us have faith in each other. Let us not grow weary. Let us not lose heart. For there are more seasons to come, and there is more work to do. I am incredibly honored and grateful to have had this chance to represent all of you in this consequential and may God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. Live from New York, Hillary Clinton, this she said is not the outcome she wanted. Clinton on stage with her husband, her daughter, and son-in-law, along with running mate Tim Kaine, conceded the loss to Donald Trump was painful, but she said we owe him an open mind and the chance to lead. We're listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 